You're listening to the Bitcoin.com Exchange Podcast. Our guest today is Donish, CEO of the Bitcoin.com Exchange. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by various guests or sponsors of the podcast are solely their own. They do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host or the other people, entities, or organizations affiliated with the creation or production of the podcast. The guest and sponsor may consider their information reliable, but others involved in the creation or presentation of the podcast do not warrant the accuracy of guest or sponsor information, and it should not be relied upon. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Plantle. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Donish, welcome to The Recap Show. Thanks for having me, Dustin. You know, a lot has happened since the last time you and I got together. I know, it's been a minute. It's, it's been a while. So let's yeah, talk yeah. about El Salvador. What's been happening in El Salvador? So yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things coming out of, or it kind of happened during the big Bitcoin Miami conference that was, I think, two weeks ago or, or last weekend, the weekend before, um, when we were all there and, uh, you know, talking Bitcoin. Um, Nayib Bukili, is that I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it the right way, went, I mean, not on stage, but like openly announced that they will consider Bitcoin as legal tender within, within the country, which is a big step because that's basically saying Bitcoin is a nationally recognized um, currency within El Salvador, which means, you know, banks will be able to accept it. Um, you will have wallets that will be able to transact with it. You can transact on with with shops around it. People can send each other money in and out, that sort of thing. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's a pretty big deal. It's kind of like the first step within, not the first step, but I guess the second step of what, um, how Bitcoin was meant to be. It was supposed to be more of a, of a means of transaction and, and you know, how to uh, spend it and um, be that mode of value transfer. And I think government recognition by El Salvador kind of helps that. So now, just so I'm hearing this correct, this is not intended to replace their national currency. No, 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 no. It, it, won't, it won't replace their national currency. Uh, that would be too big of a, of a shock. And I think there's external ramifications because, you know, a, a, a national currency just isn't... Uh, you know, the dollars that you keep in your pocket or on your bank account, it's more, it's a complex system, right? Like, you know, people, um, it's a wider economic system as a currency because people have loans against it, people have loans on it, people have, you know, various other instruments that are built on the currency. So you can't, you know, immediately come up and switch it around, but you can actually say that, you know, uh, it's it's a recognized currency around, around the system. Same as like, you know, for example, in the Caribbean, a lot of places have their own currency, um, like Barbados and Barbados, the Beijing dollar, but they also recognize the U.S. dollar. So, you know, you can go transact in U.S. dollar at most shops. Most people will take it. So it doesn't have to replace your national currency for it to be recognized. Interesting. You know, years ago, I heard about this term, one world currency. 
So is that what digital assets really are, are solving or are becoming? Is this this new world of a one world currency? Yes and no. I think there is a certain level of ambition and goal that digital currencies have to be a global one world currency, which, you know, sounds great on the outset, but in reality, you know, you, that means you'd have to harmonize um, all of society, everything across the world to use the same currency. I mean, there's, there's various nuances to each currency that's being used within each country for, you know, various reasons. It's just saying, you know, we'll kind of all of a sudden, you know, remove that value or change the value to be, you know, transacted in this one currency, basically. That's great perspective. What I always appreciate when we talk to you, Donish, is that you are not one of these that that believe in abolishing every currency on the planet. On the contrary, you come from a financial background. To, yeah. you, you understand that that there are rules in place and systems, and some of them are more antiquated, but that what this technology is doing, it's improving the system. Yeah, I think like that's why. So I was speaking to a few people in, in Miami specifically. Was I come from, a, from years and years of financial services, um, experience and I think within that you know having sat down at the Bank of England and spoken to you know larger macro players and understanding that and then understanding what our space within the blockchain space and cryptocurrencies aim to do yes there's there's a there's a harmony between them but I think one to replace the other uh, isn't exactly um, you know it, it's it's blue sky thinking I believe but I think there's there's a happy medium in between the two and I like that happy medium. And it's being a part of the solution, not the problem. Anybody can talk about what's not working. Yeah. Yet you have a group of people that are that they're dedicating their lives. I mean, you and I know a number of people that they have dedicated every moment of every day yeah. that they're giving all they have to improving outcomes, to 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 making things faster, more efficient, and even more transparent. So do you think that this is the reason why someone like Paul Tudor Jones is now you know, actively advocating and talking about it and putting the brand on the line in the process. Yeah, I think, you know, he's always been known as like the cookie fund manager who always speaks out, um, uh, you know, fairly, fairly um, loudly. I think it's pretty, it's a big um, stamp of approval when uh, Paul Tudor Jones, who's also a very old school, um, you know, Wall Street guy and has built hedge funds and all this sort of stuff. Um, he comes out and says, you know, inflation isn't transitory. Uh, that's why, you know, he recommends at least, uh, you know, people invest 5% of their or institutions and even people invest 5% of their balance sheet um, in Bitcoin um, because, you know, uh, it's a good hedge to have for, for how the rest of the market is going. And I think that's a very you know, powerful, powerful statement. Um, it is. And I think it at least gives you perspective that in life, all things come with risk. But it is if you can only look out for yourself in your immediate circle, that is to hedge that risk. Yeah. And that, you know, when it comes to, to the purchasing of even if you're buying artwork or your, your thing is shoes, that the things that you're passionate about, which then leads into knowledge. How do I learn more? I mean, the, the problem with any information that I might read online was written by somebody with or without an agenda. You'll never yep. know. Yeah, so yeah. how do you look through all that? How do you come to your own determination? Good what question. I mean, that's like, that's a very, um, it always, uh, it, it over the course of the last 
I think two months, we've seen how this comes into play, right? Like people um, believe headlines and the market reacts to it. Um, and sometimes it happens that the, the headline, people just read the headline, don't even read the content. Um, so step one is actually just kind of reading, reading the content and not just believe the headline. Um, and one step after that is actually like, you know, fact finding. Like, you know, anybody can, um, and there is a bit of a, a, a shortcoming on a journalist parts or like a news outlets part if they allow, if they don't fact check properly um, and they allow something to get printed, right? So same, like, I guess you could go into like the, the Facebook side of things as well. Um, what is, um, how can you stay neutral, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I think there's a big problem within our industry where a lot of our outlets will easily print something when, what they're paid for uh, and there'd be like the really inflammatory headline and the actual content would be completely different. But then deadline's what hits people's desk and they're just like, oh my God, I'm going to sell uh, my stuff now and you just need to like kind of exit all markets and all that sort of stuff. And I think people just need to not react quickly. I think the, the market needs to mature uh, and bring in more, uh, in, enable people to, with the resources and tools to um, fact find themselves for them not to believe the China flood, for them to kind of like actually say, okay, so it's actually something happening. And it turns out China did not ban Bitcoin and it was more like, yeah, let's reduce our carbon emissions and all that sort of stuff, which is different from actually saying, oh, we banned Bitcoin sort of thing. So those are the various things that that I think people really need to do, just kind of, you know, Google it for yourself rather than believing in headlines. You know, it, it's interesting from a, you know, well, I know more than most, I, I don't know everything that you know in this space, but I look at and go that how can one person's tweet impact and no matter who that person is but how can that one tweet impact the market that alone doesn't make sense like is there a group of i'm going to ask you like this is the secret is there a group of these whales on the sidelines that they literally just see a tweet sell like what is well, this how do you even it's not manipulation like define even manipulation no Here's i think what they think i think the manipulation is coordinated across news outlets and twitter and all that sort of stuff when somebody needs to really, you know, coordinate a, a large scale, um, what you'd call a FUD campaign, that's easily done within this industry because, you know, you can buy press and PR across major outlets for under $20,000, roll up some content and send it out. And somebody, half of Twitter will, will repeat it, right? Um, and so that cycle repeats itself. And then, you know, um, a lot of it just kind of, um, it, there's, there's the automated side to it. There's a the manual side of it. Not everybody's saying, oh, look at this piece of news. I'm going to sell. Uh, it's more one person sells, two people sell. The, the larger desks sell because they're coordinating this themselves. Uh, and when they do, you know, a lot of trading is done autonomously. So that cascades a lot of their orders, cascades a lot of, a lot of things in the books. Um, so you see this immediate cascading effect that goes down. It's not you know, everybody in the world saying sell, it's just a larger players, players selling to enable, um, you know, lower liquid books and lower liquid exchange, lower liquidity exchanges to start selling, which kind of helps, you know, uh, you drive momentum one way or the other sort of thing. And so it sounds like we are still in the infancy stage. And I looked this up, 1792, I mean, look at this. In 1792, the New York Stock Exchange rose to prominence. 
1792. So 230 years ago, I think I did the math, right? Yeah, yeah. 230 years. Yeah. But this space is so young in comparison. Correct. Is it not? Yeah, that's, and that's one of the things, right? So we shouldn't be subject to somebody's tweets. You know, when Elon tweets, I'm going to enable Bitcoin or I'm going to disable Bitcoin and the market moves 10%, like that's not what this industry should be. Like that- But that was probably be. 1792. Like if we yeah, were to go back in 1792. Then, right? But I think yeah. we're literally in the 1790s right now. We're in the early days. I think this has so much more room to grow and so much more adoption. I think we just need to really um, kind of keep vision on the fact that uh, we're still young. And I think we all need to come together as an industry and all of us need to agree that we can't let one person's tweets dictate what the market or the asset does. And I think as with adoption, as larger players goes, as we go from 2 trillion to 20 trillion, I think that's going to be, that's going to change things quite a bit. So then how do you start a coalition or an alliance of like-minded people? Again, I, I'm going to make the assumption here that whatever, 1796, a group of people said, look, We've got at some point come together collectively and agree on some rule, what we'll call it like the rules of engagement that yeah. you start now to hold these, hold each other accountable. So, you know, somebody doesn't just go out in the middle of the street. Oh, I don't like whatever name the airline or name the car company. And then all yeah. of a sudden people panic that to be part of this solution. So what do we do? I mean, again, this is a 230 year old industry that now this is this brand new Internet of value, this inter this Internet of things yeah. that where it's headed. Is it going faster than, is it going to take 230 years, Donis? Just tell me. Like, no, I hope not. I take? think like our, our industry moves pretty fast. Uh, you know, the, the, a month in crypto is like a year in the real world. So I think because it's so young and it's so new, it's, it's changed, things are changing on a monthly basis. Um, I think as with the coalition, yeah, there's multiple coalitions out there. There's multiple organizations out there that focus on um, furthering the cause of, cryptocurrencies um, and the cause of uh, Bitcoin itself and various other assets, et cetera. Um, but I think it's just, you know, not losing faith and making sure we're, we're backing them, making sure we're all working together with them. And, you know, we're just not in this tunnel vision that, you know, we're the only ones that exist. I think it's more, the world is, is much bigger than, than just us. And I think we need to be a little bit more open in including the rest of the world um, within the space rather than, you know, shutting them out when everybody enters and, and everybody buys something like, oh, you're just a normie or whatever, you don't understand, et cetera. I think we need to be more um, towards the side of education rather than towards the side of... Uh, I, I, I like that. that. That's great perspective because what it ultimately shows is unity. In order yeah. for this space to mature and to mature in the right direction, that it needs to first have unity, which starts yeah. with a mindset. And that is... The rest of the world is watching. They're watching to see what happens next. Exactly. And when they get people that they know, that they maybe admire, they respect, and they see those people that are then putting out their own opinions, good or bad. I mean, each person has the right to say what they think. It's swaying their opinions. And one of the recent things was that Bitcoin, this is my words, Bitcoin's too much of a gas guzzler. It's just not good for the environment. <laughs> Yeah, And again, I am not professing to be an expert. I'm not a climatologist. Yeah. I, I don't profess to be any of those things. But it is hard for me to fathom when I see a world that has a lot of major problems, where a lot of pollution is going for, for many different reasons and, and, and into the oceans, to, that 
this doesn't seem to be the biggest problem to go after or should be focused on. Meaning this is actually providing solutions to other problems, which will then fix some of those problems. Yeah, I think there was that the, the whole climate debate was was especially I was peeved especially by mainly because a lot of people in my circle um, outside of uh, crypto kind of came and said, "Oh, hey, guess what? We saw this, and you know, your industry is um, uh, really uh, you know um, against climate change, or you know, they're really affecting." what's happening and so on and so forth. And it's not, nothing's kosher. And, um, you know, you guys are, are responsible for for a lot of the emissions and, you know, you're not exactly, um, you know, something that, you know, most people want to invest in. And I was like, you, A, firstly, you just read um, one person's tweet on the internet about, you know, Bitcoin being responsible for a lot of emissions, which he was wrong and proven wrong about. Um, I think people didn't really fathom that half of the or majority of the emissions uh, or majority of the usage of, of Bitcoin only comes from renewable sources. Um, but at the same time, there is, I, I don't deny it, there is like a large part of Bitcoin that's run on, that's run on personal electricity or coal sources, more along, you know, around the Asia and China parts, especially Mongolia which is fine. But at the same time, when you look at the, the impact that Bitcoin mining has, that's minuscule compared to like, let's let's go to the next step of uh, people still use, for example, their iPhones. Producing an iPhone uh, uses far more energy than, than is used in producing one Bitcoin. And uh, when you go larger, you're still using the internet. You're still using um, you know things like Amazon Web Services, Azure or whatever, to host your websites on the internet that uses so much more uh, energy than Bitcoin does. And then, you know, you, you're still like fl flying with private jets, you're still taking airlines, you're still, you know, using paper, you're still consuming so much more products that have a larger climate impact. Uh, look than Bitcoin at, look at the animal life alone. I mean, the, the more that these major cities grow, the less earth that exists. I mean, yeah. they're, they're covering it up with cement, they're kicking all the birds out, they're yeah. kicking all the deer out and, and the and the foxes and the bunnies and the rabbits and the squirrels that you're pushing out wildlife around the world. And yet you will make this stance to say, well, 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 Bitcoin. And, and what I think that most people that because this is just lack of knowledge, they're taking a shot at blockchain mm -hmm. and they don't realize that that blockchain is the underlying technology. Yeah. And that blockchain itself, it provides accountability, smart contracts alone that what it is creating is a solution to many of man and woman's kind's greatest problems. I mean, yeah, tell yeah, me, yeah. am I right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it, you take the tagging blockchain is silly. I mean, it's just like, it's not understanding what blockchain is for. It's not, it's not understanding that, you know, this is the underlying technology that will enable you to live more of a decentralized harmonious life where data is decentralized, things like, you know, Twitter deleting your tweets can't happen. Like you can go to BitCloud and like, you know, have a decentralized Twitter presence. And that's, that's blockchain, right? Like I just, just attacking crypto as a whole because some guy said, oh, you've got a large carbon footprint. I'm like, but you literally use the iPhone to type that out, send it to me, drive your car over to the supermarket using gas. Um, even if you're riding in Tesla, you're going to the supermarket, you're buying a, a Diet Coke and you know Coca-Cola is responsible for the largest plastic pollution on the planet. Yet here you are, you're saying, oh, Bitcoin's bad because you know there's there's coal collection. 
The, 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 yeah, correct. It is a group of people that, again, I'm not putting everybody in the box. So it's a group of people that they will never hesitate to not, they, they, they won't recycle, but they'll say Bitcoin is incredibly bad for the environment. Exactly. So that kind of leads me now as we're, we're going towards uh, the, the end of today's show that what's going to happen. You and I talked about this in the pre-show that the news, there's always something and the mainstream media is really, really good at and getting the, the wave, the tsunami, go in one direction. They're like, all right, time to change the tsunami's direction. Yeah, yeah. And they, then they push it back. Are we going to be seeing now the news turn around and say, we love Bitcoin, we love digital assets? Is that coming next? Or do you think the campaign to more, I wouldn't say the word FUD, because people are writing articles, it's what they think. Yeah. Or, or, or do you think we're going to see going in another direction? Um. I think it could go either which way. I think there's hidden agendas everywhere. I think there isn't. Um, when news get, has, gets gets published and cascaded across, uh, you never know where it's coming from. You never know where if it's real or not, if it actually is an issue. Um, outside of like, you know, obviously um, standard regulatory stuff or anything that's a, like the president of El Salvador coming out sort of thing, like that's real news sort of thing. Um, but if I were to take a direction, I would say, yeah, it will it will switch directions multiple times because we're so young, we're so small. Like, you know, uh, there's there's a few million people in the industry. There's very few outlets uh, where people can read what's going on. I think um, the traditional media takes clue from crypto media, and then crypto media is is easily malleable uh, to whatever um, you know whatever direction you want to send it in. So. Yeah, I think I think it will shift from good to bad multiple times before you know people are like, yeah, that good to bad. The the voice is so small compared to the larger voice of, yeah, this is this is here to stay. Great insight, Donix. Thanks again for sharing your story on the recap show. Great, thanks for having me. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by various guests or sponsors of the podcast are solely their own. They do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host or the other people entities or organizations affiliated with the creation or production of the podcast. The guest and sponsor may consider their information reliable, but others involved in the creation or presentation of the podcast do not warrant the accuracy of guest or sponsor information, and it should not be relied upon. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.